Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Grand Island Independent Podcast, The Real Night of the Twisters, Episode 6, Rebuilding Grand Island. Sponsored by Tijuas Tire. Tijuas Tire is the home of the Courtesy Inspection, where they check your brakes, belts, hoses, fluids, tires, and more absolutely free. Tijuas Tire, a tradition of trust since 1947. This will be the final episode of this series. I'm your host, Josh Salmon. June 30th, 1980 was the night that seven tornadoes ripped through Grand Island, Nebraska, destroying much of the town, injuring hundreds, and killed five. With much of the town in ruins, the plan to rebuild jumped into the minds of many. But how would they go about doing that? Grand Island Independent reporter Jeff Barr visits with two men who not only lived through the night of the Twisters, but helped rebuild the town. Craig Lewis lived through the storm and not only remembers the destruction that was caused, but the many people who jumped in and helped clean up as they started to rebuild Grand Island. In 1980, I was working uh, with a general contractor building spec houses, or in custom houses. And uh, we used to build, like I said, in 1980, we'd build two or three custom houses a year. And uh, the night that the tornado hit, it caused massive destruction. And uh, in fact, it uh, damaged the contract I was working for. It was my uncle. It damaged his house. It damaged my parents' house. I had a little bit of damage to my house that I'd only built for, gosh, I'd only been in the house for about a year. Um, and in fact, my son was like two weeks old at the time. So my wife was home with a newborn son and she stayed in our house without electricity and water for the next two weeks while I was busy cleaning up because after that hit, uh, you know, as a building contractor, while we were busy putting houses back together and trying to clean up and get them ready to, to rebuild. So she was on her own for about two weeks. That's very interesting. So what was uh, Grand Island, what did Grand Island look like the morning after the tornadoes? Absolutely devastation. I mean, there was total destruction, materials laying everywhere. It was, it was difficult to find out locations of where you were because all the landmarks were gone. Street signs were taken down. There weren't landmarks. There used to be a greenhouse on the corner. That greenhouse was leveled, so it was hard to tell where you were at, actually. Uh, particularly down on South Locust Street, there was, you know, just massive destruction. You couldn't really tell for sure what area of town you were in at some point. So well, you, you grew up here. Absolutely. And you still weren't sure sometimes where you were. You were not. You weren't sure what street this was for sure because the houses and landmarks were gone. Oh, no, no trees or anything. Um, so you would drive around to try to find the areas where you were in. And again, you, you knew roughly where you were at. And uh, it was hard to get around because there was either debris laying in the streets or, you know, the roads were blocked off and couldn't figure out where you were. And you did a good job. You know, I ran around that night the tornado hit, in fact. I went from my in-law's house basement to my parents' house that had the roof missing, to my house, to my uncle's house, to my brother-in-law's house, to try to make sure everybody was okay. What was it like for the next few weeks and months? Well, I'll tell you, for the next couple of weeks, it was just it was very hot and humid, um, and it was just a matter of trying to clean up and, and you know dig everybody out of where you were at. So you spent the next two weeks just trying to kind of get the debris in a certain pile so you could see how much damage there truly was. We had a tremendous lot of help from outside city limits. Uh, again, my parents' house that was south of Mavis Bowl that was uh, pretty well wiped out, lost part of the roof, and we were you know, taking bits and pieces of the roof and trying to clean up piles to get them hauled out. There'd be some people come by with a farm truck and said, you know, we're here to help. You need us to load this stuff up and take them out. They didn't have to, you know, you didn't have to call them and ask. They just showed up and said, we're here to help. Was there a lot of that volunteer kind of help? Tremendous amount, tremendous amount. And, you know, I know we had people from outside the city limits that came in, like I said, with this farm truck. Just, we came in here, we're here to help. What do you need us to do? And just fantastic people. That's uh, inspiring when you hear that. Oh, it was, it was, like I said, it was great. There, there was never anybody that, you know, um, 
questioned what was going on. Everybody was here to help and see what we could do. And they didn't ask for anything. They were just here to volunteer and help. So in a way, it was kind of, and even though it was a tragedy, it was one of the finer hours for Grand Island, uh, that response. But, I, you know, you'd see that anywhere in Nebraska, I suppose, and in the Midwest and maybe America. I think that's exactly there. right. That's yeah. what I always say. I mean, it, it showed the, the strength of the Midwest people, and, and, and you see it time and time again. You know, we, with the bad news around the world all the time, you see some terrible things. But uh, in central Nebraska, I always think that's, that's our, our makeup is to help people out, and it's, it's, it's a good place to live. We, and I always say this. We don't have to live here. We choose to live here, and we choose to live here for things like that. And how would you say that Grand Island has changed since then, physically, I mean? Oh, boy, there's, you know, a lot of the uh, redevelopment occurred and a lot of things, I, you know, we'd heard stories, I think, at the time that people just pack up and move away and not rebuild. And I think most everybody rebuilt, and when they put things back, they put it back as good or a little bit better than what it was prior to. Did some people actually leave, you think? You know, I'm not aware of anybody that did. Most everybody that I'm aware of that knew stayed here, rebuilt, and, and put their lives back together. Is the biggest change on South Locust since then, physically? I think that's the biggest change of modification. Some stores that were there rebuilt, if they did rebuild, they moved a little bit. But, you know, you talk about changes being with the building department for all these years. You look at the amount of construction in the, the Web Road, the Conestoga Mall, the 281 corridor. You know, all those things in the last 20, 30 years have just blossomed. Is South Locust better now than it was then before the tornado? tornado? Oh, it's probably a little more attractive. There's a little more... Um, comparability of development. They created an, an arterial commercial corridor that allowed some landscaping, some things like that, that was things like those that were not here before. So I think it's added some, a little more uniform construction at that point then. Did Grand Island change its building laws after the tornado to, to solidify homes and businesses? I don't know. Again, I wasn't with the building department when it hit, but I, you know, I started just a year after then. I started with the building department. And, you know, no, I don't think we did. I think our codes, we've, we adopt uniform building codes and international codes. Uh, since my tenure's been here, we've probably modified it, beefed up a little bit of the wind loads and those things in the past. But I think we're, we had good construction then, and I think we still have good construction now. We are, we are in a wind channel, and we get people from out of state or out of the country coming to build, um, you know, the Walmarts and all those type of things. And we always tell them, you're building in a wind tunnel, and they say, no, no, we're, we're used to wind. We, we know about how to build that. And usually when they're done, they shake their head and say, wow, we didn't realize how bad the wind was in the plains. And so the wind is a big factor for construction in Grand Island. And would you like to talk about that tornado in St. Paul? Uh, in the early 80s, or I think it was probably mid-80s, 85, 86, somewhere in there, there was a tornado that hit St. Paul. They asked if we would come and... <clears throat> me write up disaster reports so we said sure so I went down there and spent I think a day or day and a half just going through these these um, the neighborhoods and writing up disaster reports on some of the houses and some of the construction it was certainly not bad construction at all but it didn't totally meet sometime there would not be anchor bolts that anchored the foundation or the house to the foundation and uh, I encouraged them to you know look at some basic codes to see things like that and I don't know that it would have helped but for a couple hundred dollars to put anchor bolts in there, it might have saved more destruction in the house. So it showed me that if you build these things under a code, there's a reason those codes are there, and, and they provide some protection that you may not otherwise have. Thank you, Craig Lewis. Coming back, Jeff talks to developer Ray O'Connor about that summer night. 
June 3, 1980, what he remembers of the real Night of the Twisters, and more. Stick around. When it's time to hit the road, the last thing you need to worry about is your vehicle. At T.O. Haas Tire, we'll inspect your brakes, belts, hoses, fluid, suspension, tires, and more. All done by a certified technician and all done absolutely free. And don't forget, we have a tire for every vehicle and every budget with optimum tire wear, fuel economy, and most importantly, driver safety. T.O. Haas Tire and Auto, a tradition of trust. Welcome back to the Grand Island Independent Podcast Series, The Real Night of the Twisters. We heard from Craig Lewis about his memories of that fateful summer night in 1980 and how the town began to rebuild. Now we hear from Ray O'Connor, who helped rebuild a lot of Grand Island and continues to make the town better some 40-plus years later. O'Connor talks about what he remembers about June 3, 1980. You lived on Pheasant Drive in the Hidden Lakes area. Right. And, and you had a newborn son, Sean. And let's just take it from there. The tornadoes hit, and what did you do? Two at the time. Okay. And my daughter Kelly was born in 79, so she was one. She was one. Uh Um, We lived at 323 Pheasant Drive, Uh and uh, the tornadoes hit, and it uh, damaged. uh, Well, when the tornadoes hit, we went down, and we call the crawl space. Uh And I remember it was scary for my wife because it was all sand down there. And the utilities was knocked out. All the power was knocked off. So you're going down into, a, you know, a kind of a stair down. And then you're, you're sitting down there in sand underneath the house. And then next door, my neighbor, Mr. Cummings, uh, he had part of his roof blown off. And then uh, we had part of our garage damaged, but we didn't have a lot of damage. And then across the little lake, uh, Larry Boson at that time, uh, he had uh, uh, 422 South Gun Barrel Road, and he had all that. He had that horse barn there, and that was affected, and then all that nice fencing was all blown down. It was all blown down. So I think the biggest port, I think the biggest scare was you know protect the children, and going into a dark place that you you hope that when the wind was coming, the tornado was coming, that you had something you could come back up to. Since then. Um I would guess that you are pretty respectful of uh, tornadoes. Maybe you were then. I was there too, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I had, uh, when I came back from Vietnam in 1969, I had saved my money and I bought a, a car. And uh, I had a date, and, and uh, this was in Sioux City, Iowa. Then we were at a drive drive in. And a tornado hit the drive in. And it blew, it looked like a large piece of wood all the way up through my hood, up into the engine block. And everybody at that time was, a, uh, it was a Gordon tri- drive, I believe it was a Gordon uh-huh. drive-in. And everybody then, they ex- they instructed, they shut down the film, of course, and instructed everybody to get into, what they saw the, there was a block constru- uh, concession area, like a block building. Yeah. So everybody headed into that. But uh, it was very fierce that night, and uh, it took down the screen. It, it really it caused a lot of damage. From that day on, I was, I was always very uh, leery of tornadoes. Uh-huh. Now, how would you just say that Grand Island has changed since 1980? Well, first of all, we had great leadership under Mr. Chris. Bob Chris was the mayor at that time. We had great leadership. And as you went down South Locust Street, most of South Locust Street was destroyed. And uh, the motels were destroyed. The, everything down here, it seemed like, was destroyed. 
Uh, and then the, the great thing about it was the rebuilt back. You know, folks had the drive and the initiative and, and the community uh, uh, interest to not just to leave it, but to rebuild it and make it better. And we've seen a vital, revitalized Grand Island, uh, South Locust, and then all the other parts of the town. Remember that same night, we had the seven tornadoes, I believe, and we had the Northwest District got hit, South Locust got hit, other parts of town got hit. So I think the biggest thing uh, I took out of it was the vitality of the community wanting to come back and make Grand Island a better place than it was before the tornadoes. And again, I really appreciate the leadership that Mr. Chris and uh, the different people of the city council had at that time uh, to put together the, uh, the program and the formula to make it work for everybody. In the, the Best Western uh, we're at right now, uh, I imagine that this was one of the areas that was hit hard. It was hit hard, and the, well, this property here is 11 years old. And so um, uh, they used, I forget uh, exactly, there used to be a Red Baron bar, I think, and part of this property. The other par property was just kind of like a, a canal type thing that went through here, kind of a drainage thing. And I know that when we, and that sat there for a long time, Jeff. And then after we bought the property, we had to do a lot of, a lot of stuff uh, here, a lot of uh, uh, infrastructure and a lot of uh, utilities and then reshaping everything here. But some of the property sat for quite a while, but others got right after it and, and uh, made it work. That wraps up this episode and series, The Real Night of the Twister, sponsored by Teal House Tire. Tiwas Tire is the home of the Courtesy Inspection, where they check your brakes, belts, hoses, fluids, tires, and more absolutely free. Tiwas Tire, a tradition of trust since 1947. Real Night of the Twisters podcast is copyright Grand Island Independent and Lee Enterprises 2021. Written, narrated, and produced by Josh Salmon. I would like to thank Jeff Barr, Craig Lewis, and Ray O'Connor, and you for listening. We'll have another great podcast series coming soon from the Grand Island Independent. Until next time, this is Josh Salmon.